direct conversation, some deep reactions, please. All this comics narrationating me. A little more talk, a lot less read. A little fight, baby, is what I need. Close the trade, open up your brains. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. Thank you, Vandello, and welcome once again to Rhett Conversations. My name is Josh Wasta, a.k.a. Fallout Fieri, and with me, although we've got till the end of the road, still I can't let go, it's Miss Leia Cameron. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> uh, also with us, uh, auditing uh, today's episode, is uh, the whole Graphically Novel cruise in the house. We've got Bear and... I'm, I'm uh, natural. We've got the <laughs> lovely and talented Miss Jennifer Howland. Woohoo! And Leia, I would let you introduce our special guest. <laughs> so uh, we have returning guest Royal Hebert with us here today. Uh, he was on last season um, and has, uh, whether I foolishly or wisely, uh, decided to join us again. So welcome, Royal. Hello! Thank you so much. It's so good to be here. Yay! Oh, <laughs> and- our last episode lasted something along the lines of a year, I believe. Was <laughs> yeah, well, yes, that sounds about right. Uh, this one should be a little uh, a little lighter, because we are doing Cable and Deadpool, uh, yeah. which is a super serious dude with Deadpool, which is <laughs> always fun. Um, but yeah, before we get to that, uh, just know that there will be a section at the end of this where we will be making some announcements on the of this show. Uh, so please tune in after the Deadpool wackiness uh, to hear us talk about that. But uh, if this is your first episode, uh, well, congratulations. Where the show. hell have you been? Yeah. <laughs> right? Seriously. I like the Deadpool. If this um, is your first episode, you're going to be very confused. Well, I mean, no. Well, I mean, you're going to be confused no matter if it's your first episode or not, because this gets wacky. Yeah. Well, this is uh, but here is how this show works. Uh, our uh, teaching professor, Professor L, will be going through the entirety of uh, the first graphic novel uh, of Cable and Deadpool, If Looks Could Kill, um, and she will be explaining it to Royal. Royal has the obligation, uh, the duty, if you will, to pull the emergency brake on the show at any point and ask the assisting professor, that would be me, Professor J, uh, any question that he deems. It could be serious. It could be not. It could just be like, hey, I just, I need to comment on this, which may happen. Uh, and uh, if I don't have an answer to it, I may throw it back to Professor L. If she doesn't have an answer, well, hell. That's why we have our special guests here. Uh, Bear and Jen will just make up an answer and it will become canon. It is the reason that that has happened in this comic book. Uh, we will take no further questions on it. We will take no emails. <laughs> so with that said, take it away, Professor L. Okay, so uh, today we are doing Cable and Deadpool. Uh, it's called the, the, the uh, I guess, subtitle of this first arc in this lengthy story uh, is called If Looks Could Kill. Um, and this is only six issues long, so it's not super long. Um, and I am pleased to announce that it's not a particularly dense uh, comic. This is, um, this is, this is no Jonathan Hickman uh House of X, Powers of X, nonsense. This this um, is an exception to your no X Men rule. Yes, 
<laughs> um, even so, so like I have to admit like as I sat down to read this I realized um, I actually don't know a ton about Deadpool and Cable like I, I the only thing I know about the only stuff I know from them is pretty much from the movies um, so this is new to me I have never actually sat down and read any Deadpool stories before and I'm um, I'm sort of the same way I got it turns out I went to college in 1997 so I missed so much of Deadpool because he came out in what 95 96 95 96 uh, yeah. by by the man who could not draw feet no couldn't draw feet whatsoever <laughs> Mr. Rob Liefeld love pouches, <laughs> loves pouches can't draw feet right yeah and and that that is uh that is fixed here because this is not Liefeld um but this is one of the more famous uh Deadpool runs um this is where his wackiness is kind of tamped down because you have the the serious side to balance it out yeah and uh so this this was actually written by Fabian Nicieza I believe is how you pronounce that if if not sorry Fabian um and uh the artists uh Mark Brooks um so you know, too, I, I don't know too much about these authors, to be quite honest, or what else they've worked on. Um, they're also fairly new to me. So um, this was also written in uh, 2004 is, is where this dates back to. And for some reason, I thought also that this had been written much more recently for a reason that we'll get into uh, in, in, in a little while as we're going through the story. Which um, is interesting because I thought it was much older because I've been hearing about this comic for a very long time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Like, uh, well, there's there's one line in particular, but we'll get to it. Um, so uh, we start off um, with with Deadpool, Wade Wilson, um, watching what appears to be 24 straight hours of network television in his New York City apartment. Um, it doesn't appear that he sleeps at any point. <laughs> He's just flipping channels endlessly um, until he gets a phone call from someone who claims that they were told they could call him if they have very special needs, basically for a mercenary. Um, Deadpool is asked by the, the person on the telephone to visit, uh, the one world church, which is located in France for quote, a lot of money and a job. Um, he, I, I, I'm just going to pull the ripcord here real quick. And I just, I love that in comic books, that's just a normal thing. Like you get a shadowy phone call to show up at a church in a country somewhere far away. And it's like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of money involved. I mean, you know, yeah. why not? Who is this uh, mysterious voice? Sure, I'm in. <laughs> Except he doesn't say sure, I'm in right away because he refuses to go to France because he will not go to any country that the United States is at war with. <laughs> it is then pointed out that the two countries are not, in fact, at war. And then he's like, oh, okay, well, then cool, I guess. <laughs> God, um, I love Deadpool. <laughs> So, um, so he, he, he ends up going to France and is greeted in the airport by two very distinctly odd looking dudes in white robes with cowls, kind of like monk's robes and blue skin, like Smurf blue. Um, Deadpool here is also wearing some kind of synthetic skin mask thing to make himself appear to be a normal, uh, if not exactly Ryan Reynolds looking dude. Um, I actually don't know what this is or where it came from because it's never really explained. Um, Josh, do you have any insight on this or is this just like a plot device that we just kind of hand wave? No, I do. Um, okay, so Deadpool does, much like his movie counterpart, um, look like a, looks like a Sharpay fucked an avocado. Yeah. Um, no, he's not it, an attractive man. 
Right. Um, this is some like Tom Cruise Mission Impossible type masking shit. Okay. That he puts on that supposedly since he's a mercenary and it's, it's laughable too, because it's obviously goes to great lengths because he's wearing a short sleeve shirt, which means that he doesn't just have to do his face and wear a wig. He also has to like cover his arms, like put fingernails on and then, then he wears shorts. So he has to do his legs and then he wears sandals. So he, <laughs> he has to have put this like, masking stuff this spy masking stuff all over him when he could have just worn like gloves and long sleeves and pants and shoes but i love how seriously he takes vacation you don't oh. wear a suit on vacation you wear it's true shorts and sandals it's true and he is also wearing like a hawaiian shirt of course he is yeah because you know france right <laughs> yes, and and then once in the limo with the 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 men, he peels his face off. Yeah, yeah, he uh, yeah is is when they're they're in this limo with these these two dudes, and and uh, he takes it off, reveals his real face, and the hood the hooded figures kind of push their hoods back. They're also not only they're blue, but be, each one of them is is just ball as a cue ball. Um, very weird looking. Um, these people claim that they have been, quote, cleansed of identity, identity, purified of self, and at one with the whole. Um, it is very clear that this, quote unquote, church is a weird cult um, at this point. And when they arrive at the church's compound, they meet with the prime minister of the church, uh, one Anton Kruch. The church's whole deal is centered around removal of individuality, including gender, race, culture, etc., any quality that could be considered like divisive or uh, their whole thing is about like all of humanity becoming one homogenized whole. So, um, so they're blue guys who wear white robes and want to homogenize society. So we're dealing with Smurfs. Smurfs. Yes. Well, no, let me, let me explain it in a better way. So listen up, here's the story about a little guy that lives in a blue world. And all day and all night, and everything he sees is just blue, like him, inside and outside. Yeah, yeah, that's, that is actually, maybe, was that song out at the time? I'm, I. Oh, yeah, no, Eiffel 65 was 97, baby. Okay, okay. I was like, wow, they just, somebody just heard this on the radio and was like, that's it, that's my story. I cannot capture this in audio. <laughs> the look of death, the laser death eyes that Jen was giving me. We just had this conversation the other day about how she knew Absolutely none of the words to that except the I'm blue da ba di da and da. Until I met you. <laughs> I learned it by watching you. Why? <laughs> I thought you loved me. <laughs> they all oh, think honey. that, baby. <laughs> um but yeah. So anyway, yes, they, they to to answer your question, Royal, they are they are kind of like the Smurfs, except they also in this while they have not been changed to get rid of gender, they are they appear more gender new. So the idea is by whatever process they're doing for this, they get rid of skin color. Um, they became a, become agendered. Um, so anything that would make them different, so that prejudices would would come into play, they're removing. Yeah, gender, race, culture. Anything. I'm pretty sure if well, people are racist against, you know, 
non-white people that blue people fall into that category. Well, but we'll get to that. Okay. They're not just going to stop with them. (laughs) Of course they're not. Um, he, uh, he, this, this Anton Kruch guy also says, uh, that he, he chose the blue skin color because he finds it quote unquote placid. Uh, okay. Um, so he explains that the church has what they call a ministry of insinuation, which is a very fancy term for spies. Um, and they are working undercover at a pharmaceutical company named Sunic that has invented a synthetic virus. The church wants this biotoxin to be used to help humanity. He does not explain how, and Deadpool does not care. Because there is a suitcase full of money. Yes. <laughs> well, there you go. That's going to be all his attention right there. Exactly. Um, this pharmaceutical company uh, headquarters, or at least one of the facilities uh, where this is being made, is in Germany. So that is where Deadpool heads off to. Um, meanwhile, cable. So they couldn't have sent him to Germany first. They had to send him to France just to tell him this. Just to talk to the church guys. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and also, also they they make sure to clarify that before he has anything to say, Germany is also a country that they are not at war with. <laughs> Nobody who speaks German could be an evil man. Um, <laughs> it see, this, this seems like that's a whole trip to trip to France that could have been an email. Yeah, yeah. I would drive away right now, Leia, but I'd have to get in my Volkswagen to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so, so meanwhile, uh, Cable is shown um, also spying on the doings of Sunik using his telepathy. Um, he is interrupted by room service. And the hotel employee who delivers it, it turns out, is a mutant who has been hiding his powers. Cable gives him Professor X's card. Just like, tell this guy I, that I sent you. It'll freak him out. Um, he calls Daily Bugle reporter Irene Merriweather uh, for the deets on Sunik, explaining that his telepathic scanning of the employees all day has left him a bit tapped out. She's confused as to why he's using a phone. I guess normally they communicate by telepathy. Um, Shortly thereafter, Deadpool Deadpool explodes onto the scene at Sunik, literally, very literally, just kind of like explodes through the building, um, with Cable appearing momentarily right after that. And that is where the issue, the first issue ends. Yeah, he is also killing people indiscriminately on his way through, yelling things like, this is for Normandy, and this is for um, Bridget Nielsen, to which somebody's (laughs) like, but she's not German. Ah! Um, Cable, uh, so so we start an issue two with Cable kind of unceremoniously blowing Deadpool's head off. Uh, He knows that it's not going to kill him, but it's going to buy him some time to steal the virus from the lab. But he discovers that it was stolen before he got there by three college students somehow. Um, This is never really explained. I was going to say, there's just three random college students. Three random college students. Um, but they break. <laughs> um, so there is these um, these college students. I I kept calling them teens. They're not teens. I mean, I guess they could be, but um, the, these the, kids, the youths, the youths, um, are in Frankfurt, Germany. Um, they are self-described anarchists um, who have injected themselves with this cosmetic bioweapon uh, that they don't know a ton about. Um, one of them of is having a one of them is having a very bad time and just puking his guts out. 
Uh, one is fine and playing video games and one discovers that she can mold her face and body. Basically like, a, this is basically like a vicissitude virus, right? Um, yes. And, but uh, you also need to point out the guy who is very sick, what his supervillain name is. Sauerkraut. Because <laughs> he's no. the German on the team. he's the one German and it's sour is in angry and kraut is in German. Very clever wordplay. Yeah, no, uh, that's that's real. That's that's clever. That's clever. Right there. <laughs> um, but the so that the third one, uh, which is which is a girl, uh, realizes that she can mold her face and body, and chooses because she happens to see it on a magazine in the bathroom. Hillary Clinton, uh, which is certainly a choice. That's not who I would have first gone for if I suddenly gained the ability to flesh craft myself. But all right. Um, I mean, this one, one assumes that she gets this ability and she's like an amazing sculptor. What if you're not like, yeah, right. I've always thought about that too. Is like, if you're not good at, I, I don't know, I don't know how exactly how this works, but like, yeah, if you're not, if you're not good at like thinking about faces or whatever, you're not good. Put on unshamed melody and practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's also a, a weird sequence here where cable is like telepathically cruising above frankfurt and sees someone who i think is maybe jackie chan question mark i'm not clear on who this is supposed to be josh do you know yeah um so yao is uh yao ming, who i i write so he sees yao ming playing basketball with some kids and preaching anarchy yeah yeah um, yao ming is a basketball player right, right. yeah a Chinese basketball player. Right. So this yeah. is not that played in the United in the NBA. Right. So for some reason, um, there are random Chinese actors and basketball players in the town, and it is not explained. You are correct. Yeah. Um. I think I because I read this. But if it's Jackie Chan, it's a sleazeball Jackie Chan because he talks about yeah. how he's to all these girls that are asking for his autograph about how he's going to play a samurai porn star and ask them if they are interested in helping him do some research yeah he's gross. like propositioning women Ooh. and being gross which is very strange um i and think this is that's, that's not just gross that's like real gross too yeah Ooh. yeah there's there's a, a number of problems with that but like upon my second reread because i read it once and then i always read it a second time as i'm going through and doing my write-up I think this is to establish that the kids have used that cosmetic virus on themselves to appear like celebrities. Oh, that's altogether possible because uh, that is why Yao is randomly telling these children that they've fallen into a capital or into a schism between capitalism, communism, and Jangoism, and none of them work. Yeah, that yeah, makes sense to like, me now. What? Yeah. <laughs> but it's, right. it's not. It's not it's, even it's, in any way clearly established on the panels or on the page anywhere that that's what's happening right it but it is it is just this anarchist anti-establishment rhetoric used as a blunt hammer from recognizable faces yeah and so, one to, and one total sleaze right well yes the, the the which makes sense that the sleaze is looking like jackie chan because you trust jackie chan until he asks you to be in his porno <laughs> because first of all I would normally never be in a porno, but second of all, if I'm in a porno with Jackie Chan, I'm going to break a bone. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. No, uh, a bone? <laughs> I'm just going to leave that alone. There, there are so many levels of acrobatics there that it just... Yeah. Uh, it's I mean, he does all his own stunts. That's all you need to know. 
<laughs> How did you get injured, sir? I was trying to fuck Jackie Chan through a shopping cart. It was the weirdest thing. <laughs> it didn't work out. No. <laughs> so anyway, uh, <laughs> um, Cable calls Irene to get info on the, the the college kids that call themselves apparently the spammers. Again, this is never really explained. Um, their names are Asa, Asahiri Aoki, Gunther, Gunther, Hershine, and Tuatola Tuana Timon. Um, all very unlikely names, but it's a Deadpool comic, so we'll go with that. Um, as soon as he hangs up, pretty much, Deadpool interrupts, like, just appears, uh, and, and asks why Cable wants the virus since he's been hired, you know, he was the one who was hired to find it um cable believes that the virus could be a dangerous weapon in the wrong hands and he was planning on destroying it um deadpool argues that the well, cult is going late. to be <laughs> um deadpool argues that the cult's going to be using it for the purposes of good by changing the way people look and think um as a side note so the reason that i thought this was written so recently is this is the origin of the ryan reynolds cross with a sharp pay quote that attracted reynolds attention to playing deadpool oh this um, is where that's from yes okay yes. i know that i know that quote really well i just never knew exactly what what from sure yeah neither did i and because um that line was like used in the movie i was like oh this must have been written after the movie came out no this is this is yep. what this, this is, is what attracted ryan reynolds to be like hey maybe i should play deadpool <laughs> this is five years before he was in x-men origins yeah wow when he when he tried to play Deadpool and they really truly fucked him on that. Oh god. Yes. Yeah. Oh, what a terrible but what an but abomination of a thing. But it's also some interesting evidence that uh that he's totally pulling a Paul Rudd and just never ate. Yeah. <laughs> also true. Yeah. Oh yeah. Watch watch Welcome to Wrexham. It's infuriating. <laughs> <laughs> it's on so, my list. So so anyhow, so uh, they established very quickly that they're but the both of them are basically at cross purposes here. Uh, Cable once again takes the top of Deadpool's head off and dips. Um, meanwhile, the uh, Gunter guy, so the the sauerkraut fellow, um, is melting on a hotel bed surrounded by hose, uh, which is a sentence I just said out loud. Um, <laughs> yep, sure did. So. Uh, Cable busts in to lecture him about how stupid he was to take the virus because he will be dead in about 47 seconds. Uh, that's right, this virus makes uh, bodies melt. Whack. Cable shows some compassion and takes his pain away by using his telepathy to suck the virus out, I guess kind of like how you'd snuck out, suck out like snake venom from a bite or something. How does that... Wait, what? Hold on. Yes, I'm with you. <laughs> well, um, comic book. Just tell me. Just tell me he does it Bubba Hotep style by no, no, no. He like uses telekinesis to pull it out and then actually like form it into like a, a DNA helix of flesh, uh, and then just kind of absorbs it, and then the dude just melts away. And yeah. there it is. Yep, nothing so left. He, of it. he did. Um, we cut over to uh, to Atola, who is one of the three college kids who is firing wildly into a crowd because anarchy i guess um this did not age well um and cable comes upon him and and his and the girl uh, asahiri next um she happens to have a rocket launcher cool okay um, well it's a comic book everybody's got a rocket launcher. i mean sure yeah i mean i want to be in a comic book you get issued one with a driver's <laughs> license i'm pretty sure america hell yeah <laughs> 
So you can't um, take my stinger missiles. That's that's kind of the attitude they have, which is really strange. But at any rate, they're also um, not American. True. Yeah, exactly. Which makes it even stranger. Um, cable makes her naked. Um, cable cable sucks the virus out of them as well, and they both die. Um, Deadpool then comes across a exhausted Cable and shoots him, I guess, in the head, though it's not shown on the panel. Um, I had to look at these panels multiple times to figure out what the hell happened because it looked like maybe Deadpool just shit his pants, but I think that's supposed to be... No, it's because uh, Cable has a, a ball of that fleshy virus stuff being yeah. held in the air, so when Deadpool shoots him, it falls to the Oh, okay. All right. It just happens Very... to be brown. Yeah, instead that's, of fleshy colored. That's why I thought he shit his pants. I was like, I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I'm sure that was on purpose. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> um, so days later, back at the church, they're dipping some people in stuff that turns them blue, uh, which I guess was their old method of blueifying people. So um, smurf, smurf berries, presumably. Yes, they're dipping them in the smurf vat. Um, and uh, Deadpool shows up with a canister of what's called, so it's called the facade virus, what this is. So he shows up with a canister of the facade virus in hand and, and forks it over to uh, Krush. And that is where issue two ends. Issue three, we open up in a Swiss safe house with Cable, who's recovering from the shot that he's taken from Deadpool. And he is telepathically communicating with Irene and asking her to put more pressure on Sunik. Then he calls someone called Hammer and requests a scrub and subvert, subvert on the One World Church. I don't know too much about this Hammer guy. He looks like Luke Cage in a wheelchair. Yeah. That's, but that's... Exactly. And he has Morpheus on a poster above his computer. Yeah, that was very distracting because like every shot he's in, there's this big looming Lawrence Fishburne. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, he is, a, he is a paraplegic in a wheelchair... Um, that is a master hacker. Yeah, he's the guy in the chair. Quadriplegic. <clears throat> Sorry, not oh, para. Oh, oh, okay, so this one's quadriplegic, so he's not Barbara Gordon. Gotcha. <laughs> yes. Um, it is mentioned that Cable is responsible for his quadriplegia. Um, I, I guess the only thing I couldn't find too much about this this he only appears on a couple of of points in in this particular story arc. The only thing that I did find out about him is his, his real name is eisenhower canty and hammer is his uh alter ego and i guess he used to hang out with cable or something back in the day but that's that's all i know yeah early early ca uh, cable uh comics okay so earlier 90s he was part of a team called the six pack which <laughs> cable was uh was part wow. of wow the and 90s, uh the 90s sure did happen they yes. sure they, they sure did yeah uh and in yeah. fact uh there was a deal where there was like a data disc and hammer and basically strife who is cable's clone uh, evil clone uh, basically oh, yeah. said that he would let the team go if they gave him the data disc and hammer went to go comply with that and cable shot him in the back cool all right <laughs> well there we go and so now this dude works with cable well now this dude takes cable's checks Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> I mean, depending on how much he's getting paid, but still, that's that like working weird. For the, working As we will find out later, money. it's not necessarily just how much he's getting paid. <laughs> but right. we'll get to that in a little bit. 
Okay. All right. We're jumping ahead. Uh, okay. So uh, speaking of wheelchairs, actually, um, Professor X is here, uh, except he is not in a wheelchair. He's just walking around like a regular dude. My notes literally say, Josh, explain this. Uh, this is 2004, Charles Xavier. He has died and come back and can walk. Uh, he will soon be paralyzed again. Um, <laughs> God, this, that's an X-Men story so much. <laughs> yeah, this is, uh, this is, let's see, Extreme X-Factor slash New X-Men kind of era of Charles Xavier, um, who is still a... Yeah. So they're they're having like a little I guess therapy session or something I don't know, um, but they also have a chat about how Cable has okay so buckle up Cable has a techno organic virus that kept his powers in check until he eliminated it from his body, increasing his powers exponentially. But now the virus has returned because it's imprinted onto his DNA. Everybody get that. No? no okay moving on <laughs> no not even a little bit i have many questions <laughs> well that's what i'm here for Imp- so so he had a virus he got rid of the virus but now he has the virus again yes because the techno organic virus grows through his dna so it will always come back because this oh. is a virus that he got in the future of course. Gotcha. Right. Future virus. Okay. That explains it. really, really want to reiterate that I cannot stand X-Men stories. <laughs> um. <laughs> For more on this, don't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just let it go, man. <laughs> uh, none of this that's makes any sense. I also don't think that's how DNA works, future or not. But anyways. Um, well, I mean, there, there is viruses do fundamentally change your dna right so i think somebody heard that talked about at a cocktail party once (laughs) and went i've got an idea for a mutant right comic book authors do not go to cocktail parties that was at the bar at a dive bar like that that was (laughs) now now i'm i'm picturing like the lawyer bar from she hulk but it's just for comic book people you are and it's not like the wrong. saddest bar ever <laughs> so, so cable is concerned that his body won't be able to withstand his new stronger powers and he will no longer be able to control them at some point um during this conversation with charles he establishes that he basically wants to break civilization down like to destroy it down to its basis parts and then rebuild it back better um charles warns him that if he were attempt to do that he would have no shortage of people who would try to stop him put a pin in that because we will get back to it later okay so wait a minute so he cables on the anarchist side now yes yeah okay he's like you know what sounds great everything that the anarchists were doing except i want to do it instead of letting them except i want to do it better yeah so meanwhile back in germany uh well to show him why he's wrong also charles xavier dismantles his entire house like an ikea drawing and then puts it back together perfectly normal perfectly healthy oh very normal very cool yeah So, meanwhile, back in Germany, uh, Deadpool is joining the One World Church and making a promo video for them. Um, They have decided to mix the virus with Deadpool's genetic material in order to prevent the melting thing. Um, Cable 
arrives telepathically to see what's going on um and deadpool's not doing so good like he's he's not he's not feeling super great over the next few days cable continues spying unseen as the church members prepare for the stabilized virus to be ready when it is deadpool is revealed to have gone through the bluening process and preaches his conversion um the first thing he does upon this uh you know they they basically are like you know welcome our new member mr pool you know and um he immediately exposes cable as he's sitting in the audience so it turns out that these the the church folks knew that he'd been spying on them all along but they allowed him to do that because they wanted to, to show him that they weren't a threat um it is at this point that cable confesses he'd like to actually learn a little bit more about the church like maybe this isn't so bad several days later cable and deadpool are strolling through the gardens of the church and discussing how the church has changed wade's mind cable next is a koi pond yes next to koi pond so, uh, they, so they've they've drunk the kool-aid they've joined the cult they're all in well cable is still skeptical about the changes he's he's like well this i mean in theory eliminating you know prejudice and racism through everybody being exactly the same like i could see how that's appealing but I also can see how that's not going to work. Like it's great in theory, but it's not probably going to work out in practice, right? But um, people are people, so why should it be? <laughs> exactly. Um, so they are then invited to witness something called the deliverance by the prime minister. Basically, kind of like a pig. I mean, not far from that because it is pretty terrifying. But basically, this is like a weird machine. It's like a light thing that transmits a pre-programmed strain of the facade virus to everybody who like views it via the optic nerve. Because um, that's how viruses work. Yeah, there's a lot of really questionable science that goes on. It's going to get worse. Yay, um, X-Men! <laughs> yup. This this infects Cable instantly, and Cable decides that he likes it. He likes it so much, in fact, that he believes he should be the one who administers it. He uses his telekinesis to rip out the device, but this is bad, actually, because the virus, activated by his use of powers, shuts down his powers. At this point, Deadpool takes the opportunity to attack Cable, and that is where issue three ends. But not before the techno-organic virus starts, like, melting through Cable yes yeah it's he's having a bad time um yeah, cable's not having a great day no and it's gonna get it's gonna get much worse before before uh we we come to the end here so now now we're dealing with a blue deadpool or is he just wearing the costume uh he is blue and he's wearing the like white cultist robes um issue four opens up <laughs> literally my notes are like oh lord they're fighting um <laughs> so we, we just open up on a fight um cable asks uh anton kruch how he made the facade virus eliminate his mutant powers he replies that they are still there but cable just can't access them um there is more fighting and cable at this point is starting to look kind of i don't know quite how to describe this like sort of melty tentacly uh but the tentacles are like metal if machines were plant yeah yeah um Anton Kruch gets pinned to a tree by a very strategically kicked katana between his legs and Cable threatens to castrate him unless he tells him how to stop the virus. 
there is a little bit more fighting and chatting. Um, Deadpool reveals that he wants to believe in the church's ideals, but Cable points out that he knows their goals and ideals would never work in practice. Wade gets kicked through a window and kind of has the the sort of dim realization that his healing factor is kind of struggling. Um, like it's still working, but it's not working as well as it has in the past. Yeah. Cable informs Crooch that the techno-organic virus is spreading like cancer because he can't access his powers due to the facade virus. Um, he demands an antidote, and Crooch confesses there is no antidote to this virus. Um, it's at this point that Deadpool returns, suited up now, so he's got his costume, he's got his katanas, all that, and uh, starts shooting at Cable, who sort of like falls off of a cliff into a warehouse that's below it. Um, meanwhile, we cut over to Irene Merriweather at the Daily Bugle, who is investigating the Sunic Company. Um, they are refusing to give her any kind of statement about the virus. And we uh, cut over then to the Sunic Executive Board, who is discussing that the stolen batch of facade virus was flawed. They apparently have another factory in Singapore that they're worried about protecting. Um, and then, so this was, I had to do a lot of uh head scratching about this and googled it uh when Lightmaster appears and informs them that it's already under his protection because they're the ones who hired him i had never heard of this character before in my life i nope. am not familiar <laughs> nope he is a y level villain because even <laughs> i've heard of moses <laughs> yeah so uh i don't know a ton about him other than some very cursory Googling that I did, but apparently he is... I don't think anybody knows a ton about him except who wrote him. I, yeah. I, I can't he's imagine. Got the, he's like made of light. But yeah. so I, I say that now, but I'm sure there's one super fan out there. Who's like, oh, <laughs> like, yeah, he's my Master. favorite. Don't just... you not know anything about Lightmaster? <laughs> so yeah, I guess he's like made of light or like his, um, his powers are like light waves. He is a being of pure. Yes. <laughs> and he is a doctor in physics with a knowledge of optics. He is a master. And business. <laughs> so. Um, He's Dr. Lightmaster. Thank you. <laughs> he does have a doctorate. This is true. Um, the cultists informed Deadpool that the building that Cable fell into wasn't just any warehouse. It was their armory. Bad news for Deadpool. Oh, that's <laughs> not good. <laughs> Cable erupts out of the building, armed to the teeth, yelling about how he tried to do this non-violently, but that didn't work, so it's time to do some violence now. Um, the gun that he is firing, by the way, is a, a minigun that is called the Liefeld XS. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Um, it the is gun has no feet. <laughs> I, I can't imagine the gun, ha gun would have feet, but... The gun has a 16-pack. <laughs> <laughs> But how many pouches does the gun have? That's the important question. At least 22. At least. Um, well, see, the, the clip that's coming out of it isn't actually ammunition because it's all boxes. Those are just all pouches. Aha! Uh -huh. there, well, there it is. Just firing pouches indiscriminately into the crowd. Um, <laughs> so it's, it's Cable's turn to go on Rampage now, and there are a lot of explosions as he looks for the scientists who made the optic nerve virus distributor thing uh, to find an antidote. Um, Crooch, meanwhile, attempts to flee the scene and the country, only to discover when he goes to book a flight that the church's bank accounts have been drained entirely. This is part of the scrub and subvert that was ordered by Cable earlier. 
um, and we kind of cut over a little bit to to uh, Hammer, who is shown distributing the church's funds to the NAACP, the Magic Johnson Foundation, and his mother, respectively. Um, Cable <laughs> that's, is that's sweet. It is. There's, he's 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 a solid dude. Um, also, he yeah. does say he was going to get three million for mom, and she yells from off screen, "I want four this time," which <laughs> shows that Hammer lives with his mother. <laughs> um. So Cable is attempting to interrogate a scientist when he's interrupted by Deadpool yet again. Uh, And there's another fight in which Deadpool accuses Cable of wanting to use the machine for his own ends. It's about then that he notices that Cable's not doing too well on account of the techno-organic mesh sprouting out of his body in tentacle-like fashion. He looks Um, like a metal Groot at this point. (laughs) He does. Um, He's so cable is like lying on the ground and and either can't get up or won't get up um is just kind of lying there having having a bad time um he haltingly explains to deadpool that the techno organic virus is attacking the facade virus which is essentially ripping his body apart like cancer which gives deadpool some pause Cable reveals to Deadpool that the the facade virus melts anyone it infects. Um, this is the the tainted uh, batch that you know the the teens had, right? Um, <laughs> and uh, Deadpool's healing factor is merely slowing that that melting process down, not stopping it. Cable begs Deadpool to think about what the cult is really offering, freedom from independent thought and having individual opinions. He tells Deadpool that he needs his healing factor to override the, override the facade virus, and this is about when Deadpool's leg starts melting. Um, he falls down several feet away from Cable, and Cable struggles to explain that the only thing that can help him is Deadpool's blood, and the only thing that can help Deadpool is Cable's blood. And that is where issue four closes out. All right, I feel some hepatitis coming on here. Um, Issue five, everybody's still melting. Yep. (laughs) Across from each other, like the end of a John Woo movie. Yes. (laughs) Are there there doves in the air now? (laughs) Deadpool is pretty open to the idea of swapping blood, or at least spit, but now he's melting so quickly that he is unable to crawl over to where Cable's laying. Uh, Crooch, meanwhile, re- realizes that he has to go to Singapore after a phone call with with Sunik because that's where the f- facility is, quote, perfecting the virus. Um, Irene Merriweather calls Hammer to see if he knows where Cable is. Um, <laughs> my notes say, hey, it turns out he's from Chicago. Cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, always get excited when I see a superhero who, of any stripe, that's that's from Chicago, because we don't have a ton of them. Um, Remember that time that Kitty Pride ran for mayor of Chicago? Yes, yes. Nice. Um, I voted, I, I would have voted for Um Nice Jewish girl like her, I can see why. Exactly, can't go wrong. Um, so... Um, he won't tell, so you won't, Canty uh, slash Hammer won't, won't tell Irene where Cable is, but she advises him that she needs to know before everyone turns blue. Canty hangs up on her, but then wonders what the hell Cable's gotten himself into this time. What he's gotten himself into is melting on the ground next to Deadpool, and at this point he can't even speak. Deadpool can though, because of course he can, and he kind of just runs his mouth for a few panels, having a one-sided conversation with himself. Somehow, however, Cable musters up the energy to consume the mostly melted Deadpool, which restores his body. 
He Ew. then pukes Deadpool up shortly thereafter, who reforms whole and nude and unscarred. Deadpool thanks him by punching him in the face. Cable explains that doing so saved both their lives. So yes, I, he vomited I, up I, Deadpool. I, I feel like like we should stop and, and talk about this, but the more I, I that this the idea of that rolls in my head, the more I'm just like, no, we should move on. Gets weirder <laughs> later. <laughs> oh, that's not that's not the height of it. Okay. It gets, it gets weird. It gets weirder. You say? Yes. Okay. <laughs> I had well, I can't wait these... to see that. That sounds like a threat at this point. I, I had to reread these panels several times to understand what happened because I was like, no, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like Barney Stinson's New Year's mix. This is all rise, baby. <laughs> Jesus. So, Ew. so Cable announces that he has to stop. Uh, Crooch from trying this again and he has a brief telepathic chat with Irene about where he's at which is in a plane on the way to Singapore he gets his himself ready to leave um, and Deadpool offers to team up with him but you know he's basically at this point like hey you know this cult actually is bad um, maybe I should maybe I should team up with you Cable however starts to fly off but not before advising the non-flying Deadpool to take a plane there instead <laughs> so he's like He's like, all right, I'm piecing out. And, and Deadpool's like, wait, where, where, where are you going? He's like, you can catch a plane. See you in like 12 hours. Yeah. Weren't we going to team up? Nope. Bye. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> um, Deadpool takes a brief moment to reflect after Cable leaves on his new completely unscarred face. Um, in Singapore, meanwhile, Cable busts into the Sunan facility, announces he's there to take the facade virus. He's interrupted by Lightmaster, who he didn't sense because apparently Lightmaster's mind is pure light or something. It's all of him is pure light. All of him is pure light. Um, so he can't. Well, he's he's Lightmaster, of course. All of him, didn't you know? <laughs> I mean, it is pretty self-explanatory. It's right there in the name. He's wrapped um, up like a douche. <laughs> so they fight. Cable sends him to the dark side of the moon using his telekinesis sheathed in lab debris. All right uh meanwhile deadpool is getting on a plane to singapore um Crooch catches up with cable in the meantime and they have a little back and forth about how to achieve world peace while cable attempts to dismantle the optic nerve machine thing uh telekinetically lightmaster returns from the moon informing cable that using his light powers the cult was going to use him to convert the virus to light waves in order to infect the maximum amount of people originally i guess they were going to do this through like tv and other visual media except that they're like some people don't have tvs and that's not good so we have to get this to the the people who don't even use television devices again i feel like the science here is really questionable oh, but sci science has gone out the window there is no science <laughs> exactly this we need to very... transmit this virus through the rays of the sun yeah i mean like, i'm I'm just seeing my actual scientist wife's head exploding at the thought of I can't yeah, I'm kind of glad that she can't hear this. I hope she can't hear this. <laughs> um, <laughs> I keep expecting to hear her crashing through the the sound <laughs> like hang on a minute. <laughs> First of all, Crash you all stop and you're goddamn blasphemy right now. <laughs> First of all, <laughs> physics <laughs> so. Um, Science does not work that way. Good night. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, so, um, so yeah. So they they have this very questionable scientific uh, 
process going on here. Um, Cable reveals that he knew about this plan all along, and Lightmaster, for some reason, crashes into the optic device. A speed of light explosion then occurs, turning just about everyone pink instead of blue. Deadpool manages to evade this due to his healing factor, I guess. It's not really... So the healing factor keeps him from becoming pink, but not blue. Yeah. He's no longer blue. Right. He's been puked out. He's been puked out. Right. But he, but he did, but he turned blue earlier, but he doesn't. So, yes. So, anyone that sees this explosion of light has turned pink. Except Deadpool because it's healing. Except for Deadpool. Yeah. It's not. And Cable for reasons. This is the the dumbest gender reveal party I swear (laughs) to God. It's it's got a very Cinderella feel to it. Like pink, blue, pink, blue. Like. And yet, not the most uh, 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 kill count. Right. <laughs> the death count is actually lower than a lot of other gender reveals. <laughs> true. Oh, yeah, good point. True. good point. Good point. Good point. This did not set like set any national parks on fire or anything like that. So we're doing all right. So this is how that's how issue five ends. Is everybody is pink now? Um, issue six, final issue. In the Singapore airport, all is chaos as pink people are freaking out um <laughs> cable reveals to crooch that he manipulated him to influence these events and crooch accuses him of wanting to take over the world he puts the building back together using his telekinesis and dips out just as he leaves deadpool arrives late at the facility looking for cable finds only pink people and crooch who is also now pink um irene and uh, canty slash hammer have a brief chat wherein Irene informs him that the solution to this is some hacking and convincing a couple of people to help them. Meanwhile, Cable is roaming about the earth. Hacking is always the solution. Hacking is always the solution. But also, I was mistaken. It's not just the people that saw the explosion. It's everyone on earth is now pink. Yes. Oh, it's everyone on earth is now pink. Yes. Yes. Um, Cable, meanwhile, is roaming about the earth, reconstructing the spaceship he once had, which I guess is scattered in pieces across the earth. Again, I don't know much about Cable, so this was a, a weird turn for me because I it just seemed very random to be happening. But there Worst is a scavenger hunt ever. Yeah. <laughs> so now, Cable, so now Cable's on a fetch. Yes. Yes. Um, and there's that one stupid fucking NPC that's like, go and get that thing that I can see from here. Yeah. Oh, God, I hate that. <laughs> So, um, so like Shield is tracking him as he's doing this. Like he kind of cut to a helicopter, helicarrier, uh, and Fury's like, "What's he doing? This is crazy." Um, turns out that what he's doing is reconstructing his teleport matrix. As he's doing this, he's talking to Irene telepathically, who is begging him to stop doing whatever it is he's doing. <laughs> um, Cable disregards her advice and uses the teleporter only to discover he's teleported with and partially attached to Deadpool, who up until then was hanging out in a bar with Crooch. An airport bar. Airport bar. Um, They teleport together into the Daily Bugle building. It turns out that Cable and Deadpool are now bonded together on a genetic level and the teleporter reads them as a single person. (laughs) Remember how I said it was getting worse? Yeah. Yep. Yep, you sure did. You sure did. Where'd my drink go? <laughs> wow. Excuse me. So somehow Irene knew this already. It's not explained really how. And tr- 
essentially like tricked Cable into teleporting to where she was at. Because reporters all have BAs in comic book science. Uh, apparently. Clearly. Um, so, so Deadpool immediately goes after Cable. There's some teleporting and fighting. Um, Deadpool is once again shot by Cable to buy himself some time. And Cable flips out. A few weeks later, Cable and Deadpool meet up. Deadpool's scars are back. It turns out that his healing factor attacked the virus and destroyed it, reverting him back to normal. Again, normal being normal being, being his scarred self. Yeah. Ryan um, Reynolds, Sharpe. Yes. Such, yes. <laughs> yep. Sharpe avocado. Yep. 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 Deadpool is pissed that all he got was the ability to teleport to places with cable. Um and that's it. Like that's all I got was a stupid T-shirt and the ability to teleport with Cable by saying uh, "body slide by two. That's the code right. phrase, I guess. Yeah. Well, and he also points out to to Cable. He's like, "I have the keys to your house. I can walk in anytime I want." Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So, um, so he asks Cable to to just get the hell out of his face, and Cable does. The issue ends kind of abruptly like on on a helicarrier with fury some guy who i didn't recognize and uh canty slash hammer talking about how deadpool and cable are now linked and then the x-men show up and state that xavier warned cable that people would try to stop him and the line starts behind them okay not the x-men it's not not the x-men it's three of them okay there's some x-men i don't i don't know josh i hate x-men now (laughs) Well, I got used to not eat the X Men. Just now, <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna I'm gonna explain this by reading what I sent you as soon as I finished this comic. <laughs> to Leia, I said, um, "I'm so sorry. You are my friend. Truly, you are my friend." You know, I got to go through all of us geeking out over the papers. Now, oh yes, so. hang on. <laughs> Hold, please. Please stand by. Listen. I don't care how brilliant your comic is, there are rules. If you end your comic on a panel with Scott fucking Summers on it, it gets a demerit. <laughs> yes. yes, because yeah, it's Scott Summers, Beast, and Emma Frost that are there. Right, and oh. the reason that Scott is there is because Cable is his fucking son. I thought he was his, like, I thought Cable was like his great-grandson. No, Cable is his son of him and uh uh not jean gray the clone a clone of jean gray who was yes also... the goblin queen who then was actually he got the techno organic virus in the present day was sent to the future to learn how to deal with it and came back so they're adding all of that fucking bullshit into this okay gotcha i Somehow I thought that Cable was was Scott Summers' great-great-grandson that only came back from the future, and maybe that's in a different comic player. I don't know. Maybe know that's somebody trying to fix it. But I feel know. like you are, I feel like that is an actual thing, but I think it might be the wrong character. I think there's another character that's like that that's been sent back from the future to, like, stop the present or something like I don't know. Am, I, I, don't am I mixing my X-Men up? That it might be. be. You might be. I don't, I don't remember. <laughs> also, on this last panel... Can the you think artist, of a backstory? An X-Man has it. The, the, it also looks like the artist spent so much time earlier in the comic trying to draw Hillary Clinton's face that he decided to put it on Emma Frost. Yes. <laughs> oh, that's a bad choice. 
it, it was it was certainly a choice <laughs> that's a bad decision listen there was some questionable science in here but overall i enjoyed it but you ended the goddamn comic with scott fucking summers yeah yeah it just like this 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 comic ultimately like my my opinion on this comic overall is that it was fine like it didn't really do much for me also emma pants don't work that way <laughs> i don't know if you're looking at the panel but her g her her pants are riding so low they are going to fall off if she moves oh god that was the style in 2004 though like yeah that was that where was they like... they basically hung on your pubic bone yeah yep. well, okay well this is below the pubic bone though look at this <laughs> no babe no, I've seen it's not below the pubic bone. That is what I I have actually seen real live women wearing jeans that low. Yeah, it's it was it but, was definitely the style at the time. But did and they I have double stick from tape on belt? the inside of their pants? Who knows? <laughs> or boots with the fur, right? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> And then I hung an onion from my belt, which was the style at the time. Yeah, no kidding. An onion will pull those pants off. I'm just saying. (laughs) (laughs) You know, comic book physics are ridiculous when it comes to female costumes. Well, I think we just discovered that comic book science in general is pretty disgusting. Yeah, like... We've we've had we've encountered some bad science on this podcast before, but I think this might have been the worst. Mm. Um, Cyclops also has an eight pack. Yes. And and is I disbelieve smuggling grape or oranges off of the side of his costume. Like this is not a well drawn panel. <laughs> it's not. It's really clearly, bad. Clearly not. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's uh, that's the first part of uh, of Cable and Deadpool. I guess this this had a couple books after it. Um, a few. Yeah. Hold well, on. I would I would imagine when you end the issue like that. Right. <laughs> yeah, I think there's. I want to say there's six, but I can. There are know. 50 total issues. This was six of them. <laughs> oh my oh, god! Okay. It just keeps going. Holy shit! <laughs> That's a lot of issues. Yeah, yeah. Like I, 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 don't know. I, 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 I can't say I didn't dig the story. I mean, I dig, I dig Deadpool stories, and Cable, sure. is, Cable is is an interesting sort of character. Yeah, there are 15 graphic novels. Oh my god! Okay. It was wildly wild. popular. Yeah, I mean, like I get it. But that's I I thought that there were like only about half a dozen or so like total. I was very wrong. So uh, Royal, how did we do? You did great. I love Yay. I love it. <laughs> I mean, for what it was, you did great. It's hard to like again. The science in this is just so wildly inaccurate. To be oh honest. yeah, oh yeah. It is true. It is comic book science in the purest form, which is just oh, like yeah. throw some throw some big words at the wall and hope that people don't think about it too much. Reverse the pol- <laughs> reverse the polarity and have at it. Just right. <laughs> cross the streams. <laughs> oh, cross run it, the run it through the def- run it through the deflector dish. That's right. That's right. Yes. Uh Bear Jen, what did you think of this? Well, I mean, it was a Deadpool comic, so it, I. You kind of expect some wackiness. I just, I I think that this is actually a really good example of the cognitive dissonance that I get when, you know, everything, like, you know, you have Marvel comics, so all of Marvel characters could potentially show up in a comic. And I I know that there is, like, X-Men crossover with Deadpool. That's a big thing. But it always like takes me out of a Deadpool story 
when all of a sudden Professor X is here? What's yeah. going on? You know? Yeah, it is a little <clears throat> weird to me to sometimes where I'm like, okay, but like, why is he there? Is he just there because he could be there for a couple panels? Like, yeah. <laughs> I feel like this whole comic was a Deadpool comic that was written by somebody who really likes men. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, it's well. it's half a Deadpool comic and half an X-Men comic, because yeah. Cable is, yeah. is very much an X-Men character. Right, right. Well, and at least at least from, from your from your reading of it, Leia, it didn't seem like Deadpool was doing a whole lot of that fourth fourth wall breaking. None, no, actually. Yeah, not in this None. He doesn't, one, do, actually, he doesn't do zero. any of it. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, zero percent fourth wall breaking in this story. Um, there were, of course, you know, the usual like quips and jokes and stuff like that. I, I did not really include them in the in the summary because, I mean, it's, it's just a bunch of exactly what you you think, you know, it's just like non sequiturs yeah. and, um, you know, just kind of goofiness. But it, it didn't really affect the dialogue of the story or the plot of the story in any noticeable way. Um, it's the Merc with a mouth. He's going to mouth off. Exactly. Ooh, yes. Exactly. Yeah. So, unless you're at the end of X-Men uh, Wolverine Origin. <laughs> um, yes, unless you're at the end of that horrible. We don't that movie never happened. What are you even talking about? <laughs> yeah. No, cuz it's the only time the Gambit's actually been live and on screen. I will hold on to that. <laughs> sure. You know what? You can have that. Go ahead. <laughs> even though he only tried to have a Cajun accent for the first line and then dropped it entirely. I, yeah, no. God, that movie god that so is. bad it was so bad yeah Ugh. yeah so royal uh thank you for joining us once again this was a thank blast you. thank you so yeah. much for having me it's, it's so much fun to so much fun to join you guys always great to be yeah well we, we enjoyed having you so um we're gonna end this with a little bit of uh a bittersweetness for those who do not follow our facebook pages um we are going on the uh, we'll call it a hiatus um this show takes a lot of money time scheduling um and in a post-pandemic world where we're all the same as everyone trying to catch up with the lives the two and a half years worth of life that we lost uh we find that there just is scheduling is is too much um so these shows are going to come out kind of just when we want so there won't be another season of either graphically novel or rec conversations, but there will be when we can get together and a guest has availability, we'll go record. We might record longer episodes and then break them up. Um, but the next time you hear a rec conversations uh, will probably just be because somebody has approached us and said, I really, really want you to explain this, or we find something that we really like and we've been telling a friend about it and they're like eh, i don't feel like reading it we're like what if we just explain it to you on a podcast <laughs> um so that will uh yeah that that's kind of what we're doing from now on um so please keep us in your feeds uh obviously check the facebook page if you don't uh we will we will still be posting you don't, we will hunt you down if you don't check the facebook that's page. right uh <laughs> We will still have uh, amusing content on there that is comic book related as, you know, it is a fun audience that we know is there. And we are nerds. And we are nerds. Um, but I have asked every host um, to kind of bring with them a favorite memory or a recommended, like, favorite episode that they would recommend uh, that people listen. So um, I will go first. I will say... Um, Really, just the the uh, going back and listening 
you know, between how we are now and our first episode, which I went back and listened to today, all the way <laughs> back into Avengers. The first one I listened, I went back into. Oh, Jessica Jones. Yeah, that was the one that <clears throat> the first one that all three of us were on. But I feel like we've come a really fa- long way in understanding um, recording and understanding how to explain things. Um, going to a longer style, bringing a guest the second season was a winner. Um, we realized just after the first season we couldn't do this without Jen being the third, you know, secret sauce in there. And always bringing Ew. a guest kind of adds a lot. Um, so uh, the recommended episode that I have happens to be the one that has most downloads. Uh, for Graphically Novel, it is uh, Justice League. It was a painful experience to go through it, <laughs> to actually have to watch both cuts and make all the notes. But I feel we had a lot of fun with it, and that really, really shines through. Um, Rhett Conversations, uh, for me, probably my most fun um, was House of X, Powers of X, which <laughs> we've talked about before. It is an X-Men story. It's wildly confusing, but I had a sense of accomplishment going through that because I don't feel that I understood House of X, Powers of X um, <laughs> before I went through and had to systematically break it down right, um, and then explain it. And I feel that I have put something out into the world because Hickman's House of X, Powers of X is so important right now if you are an X-Men fan and you want to read anything that's occurring right now, you have to understand House of X, Powers of X. But it's such a difficult step to get there. So I feel like we put something out in the world that's like a primer that somebody can listen to and then go on on with their lives to enjoy what's being put out now, which is very, very good X-Men content. So... Yeah, those are my recommendations. So I will, uh, since this is a rec conversations, I will move it to Leia next. <laughs> yeah. So um, yeah, for 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 graphically novel, of course, like anything that I guessed on, I think we are are my favorites. Um, I really enjoyed being able to babble about two of my most favorite characters, uh, three actually of my most favorite characters in the world. Um, you know, Black Widow, Captain America, and Wanda Maximoff, respectively um and there was a fair amount of bucky in there too yes oh, of course there always is uh captain america is an inclusive uh title and not just uh steve rogers ah um, gotcha <laughs> there have been multiple captain americas they are all wonderful um but um yeah i think those are those are my i i was i really enjoyed being able to share my uh my joy in all those characters with you guys and and uh uh, you allowing me to to babble endlessly about them uh, was was a very nice experience because I will talk anybody's ear off about those characters if given the chance and you gave me the chance so thank you for that. <laughs> well, and I have you on the short list to bring you on for the She Hulk episode because I feel like Jennifer Walters could very quickly become one of your favorite characters. As oh, well. I I loved I loved every moment of that show. It was, <laughs> that show was magnificent. So good. Yeah, it was. was. That finale was so magnificent that I pulled a friend of the podcast, Adam Witt, into the room and made him watch the last 10 minutes of the show, (laughs) despite him never seeing any of the prior episodes. I was like, you don't need to see any of the prior episodes to enjoy what's going to happen here. That's Um, right. (laughs) So, yeah, it was really good. (laughs) Every bit of that show was just... Yes, it was. Um, And then then for, for Right Conversations... Um, we've had so many wonderful guests and we've done for every plot line that we've done, 
that was just fucking horrible um we've done some really good stories some of some of my favorite stories um and um i think kind of you know for for me i always say that the the penultimate episode i think uh for me is the the two-part episode of civil war part two featuring uh mike Tomasek, um because it is such a fucking journey to watch this man roll in and be like, I fucking hated the first one and I'm going to fucking hate this one. It's going to suck. And by the end, he had to take a break so he could cry about what was going on in the story. Yeah. It was, it was a beautiful experience to watch him slowly become more and more invested in the story and be like, well, wait, is Miles okay? You know, like yeah. it, it just, it was so pure and so good and so perfect. Um, I think that that really uh, is kind of the, uh, the the best possible example I, I think that 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 I can have about what this show is like about right is like you you're like well I don't know I don't know if I care about this all that much and then you deeply deeply care <laughs> much like wrestling this show is predetermined but not scripted <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> yeah so it, it's it's really good but I mean we've had like I said, we've had so many just really great guests, you know, people who've had a lot of fun, you know, we, Ryan Ike was a wonderful guest. We, Mm -hmm. you know, Royal, obviously you've been here twice and, and we can't thank you enough for that. Um, you know, we've had, (laughs) we've had, we've had so many great, great folks on, I, I can't possibly name them all, but like, it was a really good experience to, um, to just sit and chat with people about comics and, and that's, you know, at the end of the day, it's what I like to do. <laughs> Alan Purcell destroyed a perfectly good friendship. By he sure did. You, Over 20 uh, years. 20 years of friendship just. By, like, by making you do Secret Empire. Mm-hmm. Oof. Uh, Oof. <laughs> he felt bad about it too. Like after he was like, oh, I'm oh, sorry. I, I'm, sure, I'm sure he did. I'm sure he did. But man. That's brutal. That's just brutal. Yeah, it was one of those things, like, I was pissed off when that storyline started back in 2017, and <laughs> I was like, well, maybe with the, you know, sp- the span of time, like, maybe it's not as bad as I... Or maybe they fixed it somehow. <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. Nope, 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 nope. Still, it actually was worse uh, with with a slight bit of age on it. Um, <laughs> so it- oh, especially when we started diving in deeper and finding out that there was actually an alternate cover where Magneto was in a in a Hydra outfit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just, uh, terrible Ooh. choices all around. That's a um, bad look, is what that yeah. is. Yeah, yeah. So. And I mean, like you know, there was also um, you know, original sin, which was a lot of fun. Um, there was um, God, there. I'm just there's there's so many that were that were excellent. We did um, Arkham Asylum. Arkham Asylum was so good. That was so fun to to do. Um, and we had the perfect guest for that. That was the Ryan Ike episode. Um, Mister Miracle, one of my favorite comic book stories. I think of the past easily the past decade um, was was that was just a joy, and that was with uh, with Jr. Mm-hmm. Um, Transmetropolitan. The Transmetropolitan episode was also great. Um, yeah, you know, so like, just I can't, you know, there's it was a it was a good experience overall. And it was Mr. And, Jason Taylor. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and Dawn with Dawn was hilarious. Um, oh my god. Okay. 
Yeah, I will I will point that out as a recommended episode just because That was fantastic. That is three women <laughs> listening to me talk about a book that was important to me when I was in my late teens in the late nineties and them going, Do you see every bit of how problematic this is? <laughs> I am I'm actually currently reading uh Still Just a Geek by Will Wheaton and oh, it yeah, is yeah. It is his book, Just a Geek, that he wrote in 2004 that he went back to and annotated yeah. to talk about how he's grown as a person and to be like, that's homophobic, that's problematic, that's, you know, I, I made this girl a punchline in this story because I thought it would be funny. Like, it's really eye-opening to go in and have a writer, like, swallow their pride enough to be like this is who i was then i'm better now that is pretty much the entirety of the dawn episode yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah like the the things that just do not age well yeah uh, especially from the 90s what a crazy time um yeah right especially in comics like i know that there was certainly stuff that i read when i was like a teen i was like this is like really deep and meaningful and moving and i look back at it now and i'm like oh bitch what <laughs> open, open johnny the homicidal maniac i dare you oh, no thanks <laughs> i i would prefer to remain ignorant of what that was like uh i'm gonna go to jen next because uh bear barry was with me from the beginning <laughs> um well yeah i have a lot mm. of um favorites and I just want to just call out a few that were my favorites, just because the the, the property was my favorite, um, and and the addition of the guest just amped that goodness for me. Um, happy, happy, which we didn't have a guest. I have happy in my notes yeah. as a favorite memory of mine because you were so goddamn excited about I it. I <laughs> love that, and I just want to also say I was on another podcast to talk about happy i have talked about happy on two different podcasts happy was also the episode that we found out we should not record twice in a day while drinking yes that's no, very I, true no that was legion legion was is next Although, on my list you, yeah legion's <laughs> on my list too but if you go back and listen to legion i don't know if you re-edited re-edited that or what but it, no. we don't sound as bad as i know we were <laughs> like i was just listening to that one today too Keep in my first through. and second season i went through and removed Oz, um, um, yeah. Oh, yeah, uh, no, I... but I also removed us slurring our words. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like editing a, a half-hour episode for the first couple seasons actually probably took me three to four hours per episode. Oh yeah, I which is why I stopped it. doing that entirely. Yeah. Um. Also on my list, Atomic Blonde, Great. um, Legion, I, Legion, I just mentioned, and Tank Girl. Oh yeah. Yeah. So. There was an episode we did that has stuck with me, and I don't think it's because of, you know, because it was my favorite or what have you, but Road to Perdition. I find myself thinking about that movie and comic a lot, and I don't know why. It's just stuck with me. Oddly, it keeps coming up in conversations that I have recently. Isn't that Those weird? Are, yeah. That's so weird. Okay, but my recommendations for people who want to go back and listen, fucking V for Vendetta. I think it's one of the best episodes we've done. Yes. It's so good. The guest David was Harnois, yeah, episode. amazing. I think the first yeah. time we had him on the podcast too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. I really amazing. enjoyed listening to that. Yeah, for sure. 
That was a really good yeah. one. We get, for um, some reason, spikes in November of people yeah, listening to that. Yeah, I wonder episode. why. <laughs> sure why. Um, and then uh, Lock and Key. Oh, yeah. They are. And Scott Pilgrim versus the World with my brilliant daughter, Ashley. Yeah. Who <laughs> we, I, I think we've done ourselves a disservice not having her back on oh, the show. Oh, I agree. Yeah. Well, also, we, we it, that also kind of blossomed into us looking harder at Edgar Wright as a director, yes. just uh, ourselves as a couple. Right. Because we just recently watched Last Night in Soho. And Jesus Brilliant. fucking Christ. Brilliant. See that. There was a time in my life, I was going through a particularly rough time. And for reasons I can't explain to this day, there was a period of time in my life where the only film media i watched was just scott pilgrim versus the world on repeat mm. um uh, i can't and, blame and you for that i still go back to, to that movie it's it, brilliant what a great film what a great film yeah um i loved it i don't care if you if you didn't like it don't don't email me don't add me just you know leave me alone go on with your life and leave us all alone yeah i don't <laughs> want to hear about it you're not about it you, you can scroll on <laughs> and just be done. yeah yes um oh, it's so good though yeah such a good movie um, but moving to Rec Conversations, um, I think one of my favorite was Wicked and Plus the Divine because I love that comic oh, so yeah. much, oh, so yeah. much. But I'd also just like to say one of my favorite guests, I mean, I love all of our guests, but one of my favorite guests is Jesse Letourneau. Oh, yeah. he's great. And was- he just always is so thoughtful and has a really a lot to bring to an episode and to Rec Conversations. Just like when he pulls the cord, some of the questions that he asked, I would be like, holy cow. I, <laughs> I have to remember every time that we've had him as a guest that like this man is a theologian and he's going to yeah. ask some questions. Yep. Uh, not necessarily about the comic, but about life, right? The universe, and uh, the, you know, the, the inner workings of the mind and all this stuff. And I'm like, bro, like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's <Me> just. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm the guest that talks about Smurfs. <laughs> That's right. It's okay. We gave you Smurf content. Yeah. You said Smurf. Yeah. Yes. Yes. <laughs> oh, no. Jesse, I straight up asked a couple of times in the last episode with him why God allows suffering. <laughs> and yeah. he will answer you. Yeah. He'll- yeah. And then he started. And I was like, oh, shit. You, you, <laughs> sir, have made a mis- tactical error. Yeah. You <laughs> fucked up. You <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> but I think that. The, both shows have really further illuminated for me the people that we have in our lives are really fucking awesome. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And I and I've even gotten to experience and meet people like I did not know Jesse or Ryan Ike um, that well. Uh, Michael Stout Garrity or uh, uh, oh Patrick, yeah, yeah. Patrick Patrick Stout Garrity um was recently on an episode and haven't spent a lot of time with him outside of like years of larp where we just he's, knew yeah. he's one of my fake husbands so you know well, there you go uh, <laughs> we're, we're pretty close um you know but even people that that i have known uh we just had uh tony van dyke who is a co-worker that i've known for years but we did red sun with him and some of his insights and just getting to joke around with him was great yeah yeah um, for sure Jason Taylor probably is our is our most uh, our, our most frequent guest. He's the uh, he's gonna be the the SNL jacket uh, of, <laughs> of graphically novel productions. Yeah. But I mean, again, does does research? Allison, uh, his fiance, always does research yeah. coming into uh, a lot of these. Troy, you know? 
Troy Espin, who comes with like pages of notes, nine pages of notes. Yeah, arguably the most well-researched guest we've had on the show. Right. Or, or well, but people with just tons of intrinsic knowledge. Anyway, like that was David Harnois with V for Vendetta. He knows that comic front and back, and that movie front and back. Yeah. So he was able to bring in a bunch of insights. Just anyway, if we didn't name you here, it's not because you were not. Oh, uh, it, because this like was, I said, I yeah. every single guest that we have had on this show has brought something like some magic to the episode that yeah. we couldn't possibly manufacture between the four. four well, and I'm still getting Delavore uh, just sent me a message yesterday <laughs> saying if you haven't watched the new season of Warrior Nun, you need to because it gets <laughs> even more ridiculous. <laughs> oh boy. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it, it, this furthered my appreciation. Like, I was reading graphic novels and reading comic books, but I wasn't paying attention to what was coming out week to week. I was waiting on recommendations. This has really rekindled my love for a lot of, like, graphic novels and things that are going on. I probably have, like, three or four ongoing series that I will f- actively follow and then go and pick up graphic novels for just because I really, really enjoy them. Um, but yeah, and, and I probably have a conversation every other day with somebody who now reaches out to me. And I have that, you know, Justin, Stacy, and I probably talk uh, several times a week um, about new comic book properties or, hey, did you see this? Or, you know, you got to check this out. And it kind of really stemmed from having him on, you know, he's been here you know, and I hadn't seen him since college, yeah. you know, and, and we have built entire relationships that really were just kind of like, oh, hey, you want to come be on this dumb podcast? Yeah. <laughs> well, even 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 current guest Royal, I mean, I, I yeah. we live very, very far apart and I, you know, we don't get to see each other very often as a result. And no, we, no, um, we don't, which sucks. <laughs> it's, it and does it, suck. We got it, to see Baby Hudson before this is, yeah. uh, show. It was right. such it is such a pleasure always to see you and to hear from you and then getting to meet your, your, well, last time you have, we had you as a guest, um, Hudson had not been born yet. Um, no, so I was, very, I was very excited to meet him and I finally got to meet him uh, through Zoom today, which was just uh, really heartwarming. I'm getting a little emotional thinking about it. Um, <laughs> but uh but it's just such it's it's such a nice it's been such a pleasure um you know having having you not once but twice royal so thank you so oh, much for thank you so joining much. us on this adventure <laughs> well, thank you so much it really is it's such a pleasure and it's just so so insightful you guys, you guys have so much knowledge about the material um, <laughs> we try we, we don't think it really really we well <laughs> <laughs> and now the the guy who this none of this would have happened if my wife had not gone to one of my very best friends and said will you just get him doing this fucking thing so he's doing <laughs> something we literally well we walked out of the hotel room that morning and that was we were was we, were, we were at the food truck thing yeah, yeah Des in Des Moines. Moines. i had thrown Jason out my and back and i had been having back spasms all weekend walking around des moines trying to drink my back spasms <laughs> away because oh, there was geez. no no way i was going to get muscle relaxers <laughs> And we were driving there, and you were just like, so Josh really wants to do this podcast. And I was in school at yep. the time, and I'm like, I do not have the time yeah. to do this at all. Could you please? And you're like, <laughs> would, you, would you just, could you, you just want, and I was just like, Jen, nobody wants to hear me talk about, nobody wants to hear me critique shit. 
And I was like, and it turns out I was right. You'd <laughs> be surprised. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's basically where it all started. We were driving off to meet Jason and Allison, who were already at breakfast, and we're just like, well, actually, we were just about to leave, but we'll hang out if you're going to show up. Yep. <laughs> so that was how this whole thing got started. Because originally, I was going to be the stupid fool that was editing, yeah. spending these hours and hours <laughs> editing all these episodes, and i um, kind of glad it turned out the other way. <laughs> yeah, I've learned some shit. <laughs> um but oh, the memories you want to talk about just the stuff that we've done um i was going back and just kind of flipping through episodes like especially from season one and season two because it's been so long since we talked about any of that stuff um and so one of the episodes that i point out to um and i apologize to the people that i was just like um yeah, if you want to hear me, you know, like, air my dirty laundry on, on air for the world, you should go listen to the Runaways episode. Oh, my God, and yes, because that was all The audio on that is such garbage. I apologize, Chris. Um, yeah. But um, we also said some things that, I don't, I don't know if you remember or not, um, like how you were talking about how the MCU had painted itself into a corner at the end of Endgame. <laughs> Endgame. <laughs> And that uh, that was probably just going to be the end of it, and that they weren't going to move on from there. And I was just like, oh, well. <laughs> I still feel that way well. a little bit about some of the movies, but I stand very corrected on all of the TV series. All of the TV series. <laughs> <laughs> um, that was actually where I think the first time I voiced uh, my opinion that like the tie-in cameos were super important for me in, in maintaining the extended universe. Um, yeah. We talked about Matt Murdock coming in to defend like cloak getting arrested from cloak and dagger yep and it was just like yeah you know it would be really cool if just like matt murdoch came in and it was just like hi i'm your lawyer and it wouldn't <laughs> even have to be the same actor it could just be matt murdoch you just, you know, they just gotta say it's his you know hi my name is matt murdoch um as far as shows go there were so many things that like actually probably had almost better memories watching some of this shit together than <laughs> actually talking about tales it. Tales like, from the Crypt for sure. Tales from the Crypt. Oh my god. Uh Legion and Happy. Um Swamp Thing, how we started oh. off loving the series and then how oh we turned god. into loving yeah. to hate the series. That series, the directors for that series, uh, I'm going to uh guess that it was directed by Elon. <laughs> <laughs> started off amazing and then took we something that I loved so much. Yeah. <laughs> Um, the wonderful things like introducing uh, Jen to things that I'm sure she regrets, like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. <laughs> well, I mean, I knew it existed. I just chose not to watch it. <laughs> I remember when you were sitting there watching it in your living room and you were like, no, no, please, no, no. All right, I'm leaving. I'm just leaving. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I like crap things, so I don't know why I didn't, you know, enjoy that more. I mean, for if it, if it helps any, if it helps any, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were kind of my gateway drug to reading like non-Archie comics, right? Like, because I started yeah. on Archie comics and then I was, I, I don't remember exactly how I found Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and all that. So that was like my gateway drug to reading like big, big girl comics, I guess. Mm. Um, so I have an abiding love for them, but I do also respect that they are deeply weird and probably didn't age well. Haven't gone yeah. back to check it out. Don't, <laughs> don't really want to, to be quite yeah. honest. Well, <laughs> it was also, it yeah. wasn't. I was too old for them when they came when out they came originally. Out. Sure, yeah. So I have zero nostalgia. Sure, yeah. And yeah. I, mean, I was an all actual of child. you. Yeah, all of you 
who love them, it's all nostalgia. Oh, okay. yeah. It And so... 1,000%. Yeah. So, yeah, I just... There's no way to get that back. Yeah. <laughs> or get that if you never had it, I should say. Sure. Not get it back. <laughs> um, but there were so many... Just, like, the memories I have about just some of the weird shit that... <laughs> And no idea was a comic book. Like, like Happy Legion, I kind of peripherally knew was X Men. Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde, Tank Girl, Old Boy. For the love of God, oh, Old Boy. My God. And going to that episode, we did watch both versions and, and then read, read that, the manga. Oh. And surprisingly, such a different story in all three mediums. And I loved right? them all. Yeah, I did. Yeah. But still fucking weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, Warrior Nun, which got re-upped for another season. Don't know how, don't know why, but I'm just going to enjoy it and be done with it. It apparently is amazing, right? Um, the Spirit. Yeah. It took me so long to convince you to watch, like, years. I tried to convince you to watch The Spirit, and then suddenly we're doing this comic book podcast. I'm like, Josh, Josh, The Spirit was a comic book. This is a comic. Um and I, I, I have this written in my notes, and I can't believe that at this point in my life now I can say this. Um, Winona Earp, which I feel might be a Jonah Hex replacement. Yeah. And I would have never had the where, wherewithal three years ago when we started this shit to make that statement. And now I'm just like, hmm, almost like a connoisseur. Like, do we think that maybe Winona Earp is a, is a is replacement a for, for Jonah Hex? <laughs> <laughs> Winona Earp is still a show that every once in a while we'll be flipping through and I'll be like, I'll just put on an episode of Winona Earp. Because we haven't finished it, yeah. but we're very slowly are like, oh, fuck it, it's Winona Earp time. Yeah. And we'll do one or two episodes and be like, okay, well, we, we'll see you in a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> again, it's something, it's not, it's not really good. No, it's, it's like supernatural really levels, yeah. or, or like like we said on the episode, it's Midnight Texas. Right, it's it's enjoyable because it's ridiculous, yeah. and it doesn't take itself too seriously. No, no. not even close. No. Um, I, do, I do love the actress that plays Winona Earp. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. I love most of the actors yeah. that are in yeah. that are in Winona Earp. Um, I'd have to say, though, I think my favorite memory overall from just the whole run was the mass of people that we had sitting here to watch the Snyder Cut. <laughs> yeah. Um, and me sitting pretty much in this exact same chair in this exact same place, though so you had the TV in a different location, and going, "Fuck, when is it gonna end?" <laughs> and then Troy from fucking left field going, "Hey, don't forget, we still haven't seen the Joker yet." And me going, "Fuck!" <laughs> <laughs> can can confirm that that conversation happened. <laughs> yeah, it more than one time that yeah. night. <laughs> In fact, one regret that I have is not recording like a riff tracks of us watching the fucking Snyder Cut because oh. it was yeah, it was a thing. Oof. I mean, I watched I watched the first two hours of Batman versus Superman and then left and didn't feel like I missed anything. Like I didn't <laughs> even finish the film, fair. but I but I finished the film. <laughs> the film finished me. In Soviet DC, film finishes you. It did. I like stood up, like just kind of, you know, brushed my hands together, and I was like, well, I'm out of here. Time to hit the dusty trail. <laughs> We're done here. I've seen all I need to see. Good day to you. Right. I said um, good day. It's hard to say, like, favorite episode of the episodes. Yeah. Um, 
I love I loved just about every episode that I sat in for. I think actually pretty much every episode I sat in for for Retcon. I mean, it was really enjoyable to be like sitting there like with me and Luke when we did World War Hulk for the second time. For the second time, <laughs> uh, the uh, I I had to love to hate um, All Star Superman. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, um, but it's just so hard. Like we had so many episodes that were that were. If we loved it, we had a good episode. Or if we hated it, we had a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> like Dark Phoenix is still actually one of my like higher up favorite episodes, just because I just got to rant about how much I hated Dark Phoenix. I feel like our well, the ones that we hated, those were the longer episodes. It seems or like. If, <laughs> or if we loved them, or if they were just weird. Because I think what's our our longest episode? I think is from Hell, isn't it? It was over two hours with Wee's. It's definitely our longest comic. Uh, yeah, oh, <laughs> we get through. Well, what did we get through? Like six of them or something like that. We were just like, listen, we're done. <laughs> um, but one of my favorites because I got to sit and and jaw jack about Justice League was our longest episode at two hours. Okay, Batman was next. Um, From Hell was actually only an hour and a half. Was it only an hour and a half? Spawn was, was an hour forty two. Oh my god! So, <laughs> the last Wonder Woman. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I have I have real toss up between like you know. From Hell, Dark Phoenix, Howard the Duck. It <laughs> was just hilarious. Um, Watching Howard the Duck in 2020. Draw there. Oh, God. I used to love that right? movie when I was a kid. I'm embarrassed to admit it, but that was only right? like, I thought that movie was great when I was a kid. And I have zero interest in going back and watching it as an adult because I think I would like to peel off my own skin. Uh, Do you remember how many duck boobs there are in that movie? Oh God, no! I don't. Oh no! Leia, Leia, Leia! Just stop! Don't, don't think about it. Don't, don't think, think about, about it. it. There's, there's at least there's at least three. <laughs> <laughs> there's got to be fifty-seven tits up there. <laughs> Only so yeah, no, I, I wore out. I wore out. Steve of Steve Martin call back there. Yeah, love Steve little Martin. Steve Martin call back there for the youngins. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I was with I was there with you. I don't know. It's really <laughs> Thank hard you, to Royal. Pick a favorite episode. But yeah, but no, Howard the Duck. I I wore out a VHS of that when I was a kid, and I went back and watched it a couple of years ago, and it does not. Hold. No. No. no, no, not at all. No, 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 no. And I don't know why I was allowed to watch that while I was a child. Right. Well, like, oh, there's the a hell? bunch of shit that we all watched as kids that as adults were like. Man, it was honestly a different like, time. Howard I mean, like, works like, in a brothel. In my defense, I was unsupervised. Yeah, but, you know, but I feel like even as a kid, that was a weirdly horny movie. And I remember being aware that that was a weirdly horny movie. And yeah. now again, as an adult, I don't really want to go back and see exactly how horny of a movie it was. You feel me? Yes, I yeah. do. Because I watched Porky's with my parents. <laughs> oh, God. I have wow. I've done that. I've done that. That is awkward as yeah. fuck. Although not as awkward as watching a uh, girl with a dragon tattoo with my father. Oh, I, I was watching uh, Stripes, I think, with my uncle at one point in time. And I remember, just remember him going, oh, oh well, too late now. <laughs> <laughs> I watched Taxi Cab Confessions with your father. <laughs> amazing <laughs> at one point in time i recall so my mom and i used to since for like since i was old enough to remember really my mom and i used to watch like horror movies together right because i was really into horror my mom is really into horror she's the one who ostensibly got me into horror by osmosis um <laughs> and so we would you know make it a blockbuster night go rent horror movies whatever go to family video you, you know whatnot 
wow what a difference and we we rented a movie starring Alyssa milano called i believe kiss of the vampire kiss of the vampire where you see her boobies i was about 11 i want to say like i might have been a slightly older but not somewhere somewhere in the like tween age and it was unrated and i didn't think anything of it and i sat down to watch this movie with my mother and it was uncomfortable for people who have not seen it at home uh kiss of the vampire the plot basically revolves around Alyssa Milano needs to lose her virginity or a vampire will uh, bite her because she has virgin blood. So she has to go out bone or the vampire that's like stalking her will eat her or whatever. Not an appropriate movie to watch as a tween. Not an appropriate movie to watch as a tween with your mother. (laughs) Yeah, it's the last 10 minutes of the Jim Carrey movie Once Bitten, but not a comedy (laughs) and stretched over an hour and 45 minutes. (laughs) It's so bad. Yowch. (laughs) <laughs> any other i mean how do you sum up oh no i mean how do you sum yeah, up and we will keep later. adding like i said there are episodes that will still do it's just we will not plan them ahead of time yes or have a a release schedule i mean <laughs> there's still like my favorite line ever which is you know me stopping the whole podcast and going wait a minute why isn't black old black and leia yelling at me from the other side of the microphone <laughs> You can't, you can't ask, ask, you can't ask people why, why they're not black. black. <laughs> you can't ask people why they're not black. <laughs> oh, oh and I just remember like sitting there in the back of my head going, but if they're white, I can. <laughs> they are the moon nights. Their leap is beyond all virtual measurement. <laughs> oh, well, on that note, uh, until we meet again, everyone, uh, we will be releasing the last graphically novel episode, but it was recorded before this um, next week, and that we resident alien with Roger and so Megan McGrady. Watch that show. Oh, excellent! Uh, yeah, that'll be that'll be fun times. Yeah, um, and, and watch the show because really, there's Alan Tudyk at his Alan Tudykiness. <laughs> uh, that show, as we will talk about, does not work without Alan Tudyk in the main role. Yes. Uh, No, sure doesn't. Nope, not at all. Uh, But until then, and for the last time, take it away, Vandello. Some deep reactions, please. All this comics narration ain't me. A little more talk, a lot less read. A little five babies of what I need. Close the trade, open up your brains. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. Explain it to me, baby. Explain it to me. Vendello 2021.